Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Wild Idaho Podcast, brought to you by the Idaho Conservation League. The Idaho Conservation League is Idaho's leading voice for conservation, protecting the air you breathe, the water you drink, and the land you love. This podcast is the place to find your community, get inspired to take action for the Idaho you love, and hear stories from real people who are making a difference to our amazing state of Idaho. Welcome to the Wild Idaho Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Hopkins, and I'm really glad you can be here to join us. Have you ever thought about owning an electric vehicle? Maybe you're not sure what it would be like, or maybe you're not sure if it can satisfy all the requirements you have for the vehicle you currently own. These are legitimate questions, and so I took the opportunity to sit down with Pat Haas, one of ICL's former board members who recently purchased an electric vehicle, and I wanted to talk to Pat about what it's actually like to own an EV all the way from the purchasing of it to day-to-day operations. So if any of you out there have considered purchasing an electric vehicle, hopefully this is kind of a glimpse into what everyday life with an EV is like. So welcome everyone. I am here with Pat Haas. Full disclosure, Pat is a former ICL board director, but that is not why I'm here to talk with Pat. I'm here to talk with Pat because Pat, you are a new electric vehicle owner and I wanna learn all about why you did that how it's going, and what you look forward to. So, um, Pat, welcome to the Wild Idaho Podcast. Why, thank you. So, yeah, let's just dive right in. So, uh, I was pinged a couple days ago by Rick Johnson, our ED, and he said, hey, Pat's got a shiny new electric vehicle. Go talk to him, figure out what it's all about, and do a podcast about it. And I was like, that's that's awesome. So, let's let's start from the beginning. Why did you decide to buy an electric vehicle? My wife is the smart one in this crew. <laughs> And um, last year we got involved, or she got involved in running a auto op- or car auction as a fundraiser for Radio Boise, and it happened that it was an electric vehicle that was being auctioned. So we got around electric vehicles, studied them a lot. It was starting to get time to get a new vehicle. The the one that we replaced is a 1985 BMW. Oh, got your money's worth out of it. <laughs> we did. In fact, it's our grandson's got it now. Oh, that's great. <laughs> But um, we, you know, you started looking around electric vehicles and our concern, because we wanted to be able to use it for more than an in-town car, is what they call range anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know, you can only go so far before you have to recharge. So uh, she did all the research. It became obvious that what we needed was a um, plug-in hybrid or extended range electric uh, whatever they call it. And um, what that is, is you, you know, you plug in in this particular one, and we got a Chevy Volt. Again, that was my wife's choice. <laughs> I love it. Um, and we get a range of about 59 or 60 miles around town. Pure, purely on electric? Purely on electric. Okay. So the difference between this kind of a vehicle and a hybrid. Like a, like a Prius? Like or, a Prius. Okay. Prius now makes a plug-in as well, but like a Prius. Like my mom has a Prius. The car decides it's going electric, it's going gas, going like you're switching back and forth all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the motor charges the, the, uh, the batteries. Well, this one runs on electric unless something happens. You know, you might need a power surge uh, or whatever. Okay. Um, but it runs on electric all the time. So when you run out of juice, then the gasoline engine kicks on. But it's not running the car. The gasoline engine exists 
to charge the batteries. Okay. So you stay driving an electric vehicle. Mm. You're just using a different source of fuel. Okay. And um, we got the car in November. It's been terrific. Um, just real easy to use. It's a dream. Mm. I, think, I even believe it was last year's car or electric car of the year or something. Um, it's now May. We filled up once. Wow. In six months. And that was because we took a trip over to Hagerman and Twin Falls. Okay. And it was out of our range. <laughs> so we wound up having to do it. But it's it's been a great vehicle. Yeah, it's it's cool to see these... Um, I don't know if hybrid is the correct term, because like you pointed out, it's slightly different than the hybrids we're traditionally used to. But, you know, I think range anxiety, as you mentioned, is... is usually the first thing people cite as a reason not to own an electric vehicle and these ones that are electric until you need gas and then the gas kicks in and i mean it seems like a great transition to help get people more comfortable with with buying an electric vehicle and i mean it sounds like it's worked great for you guys driving around town and um you haven't dipped into gas too much so and then when you needed it to get to twin falls you had it um so that's cool so let's see you, you bought the car in november um, you've had it roughly six months now. Any, is there anything you weren't expecting or anything that surprised you about owning an electric vehicle? That... Um, I'm not sure if it's just ignorance or what, but the, one of the, of course, electric vehicles are quiet and all that. Um, but with an electric motor, you're not changing gears. Hmm. So, you know, you, it's just a smooth drive without the, without the changing of gears. And, you know, I was thinking, well, I wonder what happens when it switches over to gas. Well, it's the same thing. You're driving on the highway, speeding up, slowing down, whatever. Hmm. And none of those jerks when you... None at all. Huh. And that, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> when you get... I don't know if this happens often, but uh, if you ever get back in a fossil fuel power vehicle, do you, like, do the jerks bother you more? Is it like more apparent that they occur? Well, the other thing is that this is the first vehicle that... Uh, my wife and I have ever owned that was not a manual transmission. Uh, okay. So our other vehicles, uh, uh, 09 Subaru, that is a manual transmission. So you're quite aware of the gear shifting. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you have those new drivers taking the wheel. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> huh. That's funny. Yeah, that's one of those things that uh, I never would think about, you know, until you... Wow, would you? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, what now... What about the economics of it? How I mean, you kind of mentioned this. You bought one tank of gas. Um, I don't know when that was. Gas prices are kind of going up. Uh, so you maybe spent, you know, 20, 30 bucks filling up six months ago. and Came full. Oh, okay. Oh, perfect. Okay. <laughs> but broadly speaking, you know, how, I guess maybe six months is a little too early to tell, but how have things like... You probably haven't hit any maintenance issues coming up yet. No. And it... You know, uh, it's also the first time we've ever done it where we bought the extended maintenance package and such. Okay. Um, just because I, if, I'll show you when we go out in the garage. When you open up the hood, you have no idea what's under there. Okay. <laughs> you, you cannot work on your own car. Uh, so we'll be glad to let the experts do it. Mm. Yeah, it is. Um, man, we'll, we'll do our best to describe this via podcast, but... 
I don't know if I've ever looked under the hood of one of these new electric vehicles. So. Well, like I said, it's also got the gas engine in there. Okay. So you're so looking... some familiar things, some new things. And yes. <laughs> and then you, um, I want to touch on this too. You know, sometimes the criticism with electric vehicles is you're just transitioning, you know, rather than burning fossil fuels in an engine and having that pollution come out the tailpipe, with an electric vehicle, you're just releasing that pollution from, from you know, some coal-fired power plant and then it's getting transmitted to you. But you, you took it an extra step. After purchasing an electric vehicle, you made another purchase. And I was wondering if you could talk about that. Well, and the research on it was, and I did the research on this one. Okay. <laughs> Allison is smart on the car. Um, we've been looking at getting solar power on our house for five or 10 years and had people come out and give us quotes and stuff, and I could never economically justify it. Mm -hmm. Well, we finally got around to where I can justify it economically. And it coincidentally happened to be, well, we're getting an electric car, maybe this is the time to pull the trigger. So we did, we got our quotes in and got the whole thing figured out. So we had, an, um, I guess we went live in March, um, put in enough solar panels uh, on our garage as opposed to right on our house. But we figured uh, by the calculations from the solar company it should be about 98% of our usage. Wow. So, and, and it feels good because and we also get to you, that's exactly how we power our uh, volt. Okay, so that ninety-eight percent includes the car. Well, that's a new that's a new addition. Uh, okay, okay. At the same time that we did that, um, we replaced everything with high efficiency stuff. You know, we're all LED and whatever you can think of. We we've done. We even put in a whole house fan so that we won't have to return on the electric uh, air conditioning. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's working out terrific, and it just sort of feels good when you know that the power you're running on is directly over your head. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you're charging with. I think my favorite quote is uh, a, a solar spill is just called a sunny day, um, <laughs> as opposed to other more hazardous spills associated with energy. So yeah, well, um, it is. It amazes me the continued growth of the um, uh, clean energy in Idaho. Yes. Mm -hmm driving west on the, or east on the uh, freeway. I mean, there's huge solar fields. Um, and not to mention when you get out towards uh, Hagerman and such, all the, the wind turbines. Mm -hmm. it's, it's amazing. And this is, this is one thing that I try to remind folks with on the electric vehicle front is, you know, not, maybe some folks can, uh, they're in the position to purchase an electric vehicle, but, but maybe not, they don't have the capabilities to install a solar array. And so they are still pulling energy from the grid to charge that vehicle. You know, the, the criticism of like, oh, that, that grid energy is dirty. Um, you know, it's kind of a, a chicken and egg thing. Um, if, if we waited until the grid was 100% clean, but still using fossil fuel powered vehicles, then suddenly the vehicles have to catch up. If, if we all switch to electric vehicles tomorrow and the grid isn't clean, you know, then suddenly the grid needs to immediately uh, catch up. And so it's, you know, I like the approach that it seems like everyone's taking where like, okay, we get a little progress cleaning up the grid, then we get a little progress in electric vehicles. And, you know, I think if we keep kind of leapfrogging each other, we'll see, you know, those will, we'll see those kind of reach a point 
uh, together where, you know, we, we have a, a good clean grid that's powering a majority of electric vehicles. Um, That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, that's the hope. Well, and, and I don't know. I'm no expert on it. Um, ben could probably tell you uh, exactly. But it seems to me, since we don't have any coal-powered plants, that, and when you're driving your electric or your gasoline-powered vehicle, you are directly burning it, directly polluting right there on the spot, whereas um, you know, relatively cleaner power generation is going to put less into the atmosphere for that specific amount. Now you mm -hmm. accumulate that up over a million customers, it's a whole different deal, but divide it by a million and see what it is. Mm -hmm. So uh, in general, I would say the electric is for Idaho, probably going to be cleaner than any gas car. Yeah. It's a couple interesting points about that too is, um, and because Idaho, we don't have any coal fired power plants in our state the the largest contributor to greenhouse gases is our transportation sector which is kind of that that's interesting um and another thing too that that ben and i have talked ben Otto for the, those listening is our energy associate energy hero as we like to call him um but you know you own an electric vehicle um gas gasoline powered vehicles idaho imports all of our fuel so that money that we spend on fuel is going directly out of state Whereas, you know, we produce a lot of energy in state and it's, it's relatively cleaner energy. Um, and you, you know, charging your car up with energy produced in Idaho keeps those dollars in Idaho, which is a cool thing. That's, I mean, that's yet another reason to, to buy these electric vehicles, which I think is really fascinating. So yeah, that works for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you knew that or not, but you're doing, you're doing awesome. Thank Hot you. Dog. <laughs> um, well, I think I want to transition here a little bit. Let's go take a look at the car, pop the hood, and then if if you're willing, I'd love to have a ride in your car. You bet. Cool. I'm going to have to go grab the fob. Okay. <laughs> nice. Let's do this. So we've just popped the hood, and we're looking at the innards of the uh, the Chevy Volt, right? Volt? Bolt? I think Volt. it's the Volt. It is the Volt. Okay. And so there's a very, there's a familiar engine. It's small, but like, clear, I, this is the engine, folks. Um, if you imagine popping your hood um, and you see your engine, imagine it very small and off to the left. And that's kind of what we're looking at here. Is that? That's you, correct. Okay. And then the right is kind of this big metal. Well, at least I assume that's what that Okay, is. yeah. <laughs> we, full disclosure, neither of us are mechanics. Um, and then I'm assuming... Is this the electric component? Sure. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, it looks like, and then on the right side, you have what what appears to be a large electric motor, all in a very um, tight, compact space. That's amazing. It is. The, the motor, for those, I know we don't have any visual aids here, but the motor is maybe the size of a, a small cooler, um, like a coffee pot. I don't know what's what's a good size, folks. Something right now. small cooler sounds good. Yeah, I mean it's not that big, and you can get. You said you get seventy miles off that. Uh, sixty. Sixty. Fifty-nine to sixty. Fifty-nine. But I mean, 60. it's obviously that's off the battery. Okay. Huh. No, that's. That, I won't be doing any maintenance work on this. Yeah. <laughs> I'll check the oil and the. <laughs> 
windshield wiper fluid. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, cool. Well, uh, you mind if we go for a cruise? Let's do it. Cool. Okay, so we just got in the car and it is on. And so we're going to be silent for a good five seconds and let you hear, hear the motor running. So here it goes. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the sound of an electric vehicle, um, which it, it's interesting. You, I mean, this car, it looks like a normal car. You have the steering wheel, the shifter. You know, unless you, you know, really knew this was an electric vehicle, nothing about the interior says, like, oh, oh no, this is... It's relatively um, comfortable. There's a relatively big... That's always been one of the other potential issues. I mean, battery takes up a lot of space. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we still have a uh, good-sized trunk. Where where are the batteries right now? Are they I, underneath us? I think so. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I think they're back there. But okay. Um, huh. I don't know. <laughs> nice. Cool. All right. Well, now, man, it's so quiet. Like I knew electric vehicles were quiet, but being in one, it's it's almost weird moving with no sound. Yeah. Well, I, I guess they're gonna have to wind up putting in. Uh, beepers or something for pedestrians yeah i actually you know it's interesting with um um with pedestrians and cyclists you know sometimes you can hear the vehicles coming and that kind of helps prepare you but with an electric vehicle sneak uh, right up on yeah have you noticed anything um so if if i'm remembering right from college physics <laughs> one of the nice things about electric motors is that you can you know, a gasoline engine, it has to kind of warm up. You have to get to a certain RPM until you get peak horsepower and peak torque. With an electric motor, you, you get all those things right at the beginning. Correct. Uh, so have, is this more kind of snappier? And Well, uh, it hasn't got a giant engine on it. So yeah. it is, it's very responsive and it's, um, you know, like you say, you don't have to warm it up or anything. Um, but it's not a high-powered vehicle. Yeah, it's uh, by no means a race car, but... Yeah, it just zips right along. This is cool. And it's a comfortable ride. That's, that's one of the things that, uh, at least in my observation, as they develop these things, they have gotten more and more like the what we're used to driving a vehicle. Mm -hmm. uh, when in terms of comfort, handling, um, and so, you know, except for the quiet part and the no gear shifting part, you wouldn't know. Yeah. It's, it's a car. Huh. And it does, you guys mentioned, I mean, you filling up once, that means it's, it's served its purpose for, you know, probably 98% of the trips you guys have done throughout town. 1,536 miles. Okay. On one tank of gas. 1,500, wow. So what's what's that, uh, what's the miles per on, gallon there? On average? Yeah. <laughs> um, someone that's good at math that's listening will probably be able to do that off the top of their head. Uh, and I, frankly, I don't even know what the size of the gas tank is. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess they'd need to know that. It's amazing the things you don't think about until you experience them. You know, like, I bet when I get in my car to drive home today, and the engine's on, I'll probably notice it more now that I've been in one of these, and it's like, oh yeah, that's that's right. Like there's this engine noise. But you know, when you're not experiencing it all the time, it's kinda 
you just get used to it. It's like, oh yeah, that's that's the white noise. Of course, I'm gonna hear an engine. Right. And you know, you still hear the, the sound of the wheels on the road and such. And mm-hmm. When you're on the highway, of course, you've got the wind rushing past and all that. But you don't hear the motor. Yeah. Well, this has been really cool. Um, you know, I appreciate you walking us through why you bought this, how it's been going, showing us the engine, and of course, the coolest part, this ride. Um, Pat, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with the Wild Idaho podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoy this EV for years to come, uh, and I hope others see you driving it and get stoked and buy an EV too. Yes, and I, I would recommend getting it done soon. Okay. Because there's a uh, federal tax credit for electric vehicles that will sooner or later expire. And at this point, it's substantial. Okay. $7,500, which brings the price of the vehicle significantly into range. How, um, actually, I guess before we go here, how is there a good resource that you found that you could see all the tax credits or any any recommendations for folks looking into this i you know i just well i asked the car dealer but you never trust him um i I just really found stuff on the website on on the internet Uh, i guess particularly i wound up connecting with some government um just to get the uh, exact language i wound up going to u.s goats uh websites though i couldn't remember which ones okay so but anyway they're not hard to find if i can find them yeah cool well thanks again this has been really awesome um thanks everyone to listen in i hope you guys enjoy this and yeah if you have any ev questions you can come talk to icl talk to ben Otto, talk to me austin hopkins and if you happen to be at an icl event and see pat haas talk to him about his new ev you got it sounds good thanks pat With that, we're signing off on another episode of the Wild Idaho Podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. To all of our members, thank you so much. You make this podcast possible. If you're not a member, check us out. Again, idahoconservation.org. Click on that little Become a Member link. Uh, Your help helps keep the Wild Idaho Podcast going. So thank you all so much, and we'll see you guys next time.